Blog Talk Radio. Because shit, if it don't, 
I'm still going over. <laughs> All right, but yeah, but the, but yeah. So I'm excited about my trip to Oakland, and you know, because I'm just excited to go back, go to San Francisco. Cause I love, I love San Francisco. Okay, and then see my uncle and my aunt and stuff like that. It's gonna be cool for me. So I'm, I'm gonna have a good time. Okay, really have a good time. So I'm excited about that, and so we're gonna, you know, this is the night. To, you some, I, I, I've been seeing this thing about this contest for um, uh, Miami, and so I told my mom, and I was thinking my mom and my aunt, because you know my my aunt likes Maxwell too, and I was like, you know, if I win the tickets, I think I'll send my mom and my aunt. <laughs> so I think I was, I forgot, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put in for the tickets. They have this contest going on. Like on fandom or something like that for Maxwell tickets to uh, the last show, Miami. I'm not gonna go, <laughs> but I am gonna say if I won, if I if I won, if I actually won some tickets, I would actually give them to my mom and my aunt. Cause they, my mom, now my mom might talk shit the way the whole time she did, <laughs> but my aunt would love it. <laughs> so I don't know, but I'm gonna try to put it in the contest before. It's, I think it's out the 27th. But like, it's a really good cause for the, what they're uh, doing. I think they're, um, it, I think it's for they raise money for instruments or something like that for kids uh, or for people in school and stuff like that. It's going to a real awesome charity. I think that's it. So yeah, so if you guys see um, a contest fan, fandom. That would be cool. I think that's the last show for the night tour with Anthony Hamilton and Joe. But check this out. Like, Maxwell's going to be some really neat places up in the summer. Y'all like chic. <laughs> Carlotta, you going to go? <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I may do. I don't know. Listen, there is one show that I really want to go to in Napa Valley. I was like, oh my god, because all the artists they have on it is so fire. It's really not about him. It's really that they got so many great artists that I would love to see, but it is fucking expensive. I mean, you know, I mean, you like y'all like Carlotta, please. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's expensive. But I, you know, in the middle of the summer. California, that might be a cool festival in California. That might be something I would love. But I also have, you know, I'm heading the road to my 50th, and I'm going to the Essence to see Janet, and I don't know. And so I, so that's I was thinking about that. It's uh, it's called the what's the name of this festival? It's shit. I forgot the name of it. I had to look it up. Hold on. I had to look it up for y'all and tell y'all what the name of this damn festival is. I don't forgot the name. Um. Let's see. Uh, see if I can find the name of it. But the, the, I mean, it sounds really. I mean, it has a lot of cool artists that look like it's going to be on the show. And it was so funny because you know we were talking about my fifty. You know, so that I was thinking about having a you know birthday get together with some of my girlfriends in Vegas for my fiftieth. But they was all like, maybe we could do that for Valley. <laughs> I was like, that's three months before my birthday. He's like, girl, we can celebrate. <laughs> because they liked all the people that was going to be on the show, on the the event. They weren't thinking about Maxwell. They, I, as a matter of fact, I don't know if they even paid attention. Because <laughs> if they would have saw him up there, they probably would be like, ah, nope. <laughs> but uh, let's see, it is, uh, what is it? It's the name of this, uh, the Blue Note Jazz Festival. So it's July the 30th and July the 31st. 
I think Maxwell's going to be there the 31st because he's in Vegas the 28th through the 30th, I think. So I thought about the Vegas trip one, but, you know, I'm like, uh, I don't know, you know. <laughs> Probably not, though, for me. I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, so let me get through this one. Let's see if this one happens, <laughs> which is Saturday night this week. In Oakland, Maxwell with Anthony Hamilton. It's the last two, last, last of the three tour dates for Anthony Hamilton and Joe to be with them, and I am extra excited. It's so funny because my uncle, like, he usually goes to festivals and stuff, and he hasn't been to a concert in like years, right? And so he's hanging out with his niece, right? He's gonna hang out with me for the show, and he's like to me, he's like, I'm like hung out like a, I haven't been to a concert like a fest, like in years. I always go to concerts and festivals and stuff. So, I don't know, inside, I'm like, don't be nervous. It's going to be cool. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> He's like, you know, I'm all about having a good time. I'm like, we're going to have fun. <laughs> so, it will be fun. It will be exciting. I, I'll have a, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. And I'm excited for him to see it because I know he likes music. So, And he's a musician himself, so I think he'll enjoy the show. Okay. What else has been going on in my world? Uh, I finished last week my lighting project. Now, see, I actually had a show on Saturday to do, but I had, I got another lighting person to come in and do my show last week because I thought I was going to be in. I thought I was going to be in Oakland, <laughs> but it turns out good that I I wasn't there. Like, I mean, the week I had before last, turns out it was good that I wasn't. It was week before last, I think. Good thing because you know I got so much done, so much stuff I needed to get done. I'm telling you, I, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I'm glad it worked out for this weekend. But um, yeah, only thing is that you know I'm not glad because I got to go get my hair retouched and all that craziness. But other than that, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about my trip. Uh, but I was supposed to be doing a show for my lighting, but the, they they ended up doing the show and it was fabulous. The last show I when I went to class on this week last week, everybody was like, "Oh, it was so great! It turned out good, you know, blah blah blah. You didn't have to worry or whatever." And you know, we were taking we were taking down the set and everything, so we had a really good time, really good discussion about things that worked, didn't work. Then Monday, you know, we're coming back in and having a discussion for next year's, which is going to be my last semester as a as an undergrad. I'll be graduating. God bless. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited about that. So next semester, I am hoping depends on what we're doing. I'm hoping to do directing. So I'm kind of excited about that. I'm excited because I think I can do it. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see But yeah, so that's my weeks And my couple of weeks so far um, What else? That one. I got to see Snowfall, the finale Snowfall did not disappoint in the finale, okay? I'm not going to say what happened Because I know that some of you probably haven't watched it yet But let me just say this, okay? Franklin, this is my opinion. Franklin, to me, is not very as likable as Tyreek. I mean, I know we hated Tyreek on Power a couple of, you know, when he was on Power. But Tyreek, we've learned to like him now on Power Book. And, I, you know, I compare both of them because they're kind of gangsters in different eras. But 
Tyreek is a modern day and and uh and Franklin is from the eighties. But I have to say Franklin is not likable to me. <laughs> you know, sometimes Franklin can be extremely selfish and stuff like that. So I felt the whole dynamics with Uncle Louie and every, I mean, Aunt Louie and everything and Uncle Jerome and all this stuff that has happened to him, I felt it was just, like some people say, Karma, it was just what comes, it was just, Franklin has made a number of mistakes, and I just thought it was, it had to be. Now, do I think that is it is it going to last? No. And do I think there's going to be some consequences from what we saw in this last one? Yes, yes, yes. And I can't wait, okay? I didn't like the Tiger uh, uh, episodes and stuff like that, but in the, the, the drug episode, but this last one, the finale, loved it. And next year I'm hearing they're going to end Snowfall. So it's going to be the conclusion to Snowfall, uh, the finale, Next year Now I'm hearing also That the Ozarks is getting ready to come back Now I am so excited and hyped about the Ozarks Okay <laughs> Y'all like Carlotta you like all these gangster flicks I do <laughs> oh, But I am excited about the Ozarks coming back Ozarks is not really It's kind of gangster Like white gangster But it's good okay So I'm excited for that to, So I'm hearing that's coming back And then uh, Oh Power Force Did I, I didn't talk about Power Force in it very, oh, my God. If you haven't seen that, I'm going to break, about to give you a spoiler. What's her name? Ayana? Liliana? Oh, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. But I see, let me tell you this. I do see that at the end of Power Force, they're linking Power Book 2, Ghost, with Power Force, so we know that this isn't the end of Tyreek and Tommy's relationship, and I am geeked about where they're going to go. They're, and let me tell you something, Power Force needs Tyreek and him, but I will say this to the Power Book writer universe, the writers, please do not bring Tyreek in, because Tyreek has a weakling to Tommy, because I feel like Ty- Tyreek has established himself when he came up with that idea, and then when he met Tommy in the grave, uh, the second, the end of the second uh, season of Power Book, uh, Power Book Ghost, and I feel like Tyreek is now a, a, a gangster within himself, and he's come up against somebody like Mecca, and that was gone in a second. So I, I, I say that. You guys can't, if Tommy, there is a link between Power Book 2 and Power Book Force, you cannot bring Tyreek in as a little kid to Tommy. I mean, you know, you, you, his nephew grown and different, right? So I hope that's how what we get to see in that. So those are the finales that have come up that I've got to see. I didn't, I haven't got to, I've been watching Love After Lockup, but I didn't get to see this week's episode. I have a, I have a thing about Love After Lockup. It's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> you let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I love Love After Lockup. 
it's the I, it's the human nature aspect of it. You know, I'm drawn to uh, shows with human nature <laughs> situations going on in the craziest way. And so, what I love about Love After Lockup is there's these women, uh, mostly women. There's some men too, but they're they're trying to find love and they go to find it for the prison. Which, if I'm the prisoner, the first thing I'm asking is, why are you looking for love in the prisons? But there's, to me, I find that those people, not all of them, but a lot of them in these shows tend to have issues of control. And sometimes they feel that having someone behind the bars is more controlling. It's more easy to control. But when they come out, it is a different story. And, and you, what you see in this show is, like, they always put pressure on these guys and women to get married real quick and stuff. And you're like, damn, they just got out of the jail doing a 10-year stint. Calm your asses down. I mean, <laughs> it's, a, it's a crazy, crazy uh, show, this uh, crazy show. So it's just my guilty thing. But I have not finished watching it, so I can't really speak on it really uh like I have Power Book Four, I mean Power Book Force and Snowfall, okay? But that is it. That is my my week, okay? So now I guess I'll get to my it's a word because I do have one tonight. <laughs> and it's one that I put up on my Facebook page this week because it was an old memory I had. You know, I love some Oprah things like when Oprah Oprah gives a quote and stuff like that. I'm still an Oprah fan on the spiritual aspect because I think Oprah that Aquarius can be very, such a powerful uh, orator and teacher when she really wants to be. So, you know, so I love something that she said a few years ago, and I thought I would use it tonight for you guys because it's something that I tend to even heading towards my half a century mark. <laughs> I have a hard time sometimes with this, and that is that, you know, in life, even though I'm pretty sure I've disappointed people, but I have a hard time with this whole, I'm, I can be a people pleaser at heart, right? And I've worked really hard to try to come up out of that, but I still a little bit of that. <laughs> so uh, I love this uh, particular saying, and I'm going to play that Oprah Say, I hope if I can pull this up. All right, let's see. We'll get it up here. Okay, it says she said on this on this particular thing, and I believe she talked to Brene, uh, uh Brown. Uh, what's her name? Brenda, uh, Renee Brown, or something? I forget her name. But she's saying we cannot live a brave life without disappointing some people. This is what she says in this. So take a listen, and this is your it's a word. Okay, I thought it was up. Hold on. Okay. Let's go. You cannot live a brave life without disappointment. I just, I know that in my heart, but it sounds really you important. You cannot live a brave life without disappointing some people. But those people who get disappointed, it's really okay. Because the people who really care for you, the people who are rooting for your ride, will not be disappointed. The only people who are disappointed are people who have their own agenda. Yeah. And their agenda is not aligned with your agenda. And that's how I make myself brave. I say, well, the people who really care about you, who, want you, who are rooting for your rise, those people who are rooting for your rise, they're going to be okay when you say no. 
Okay, I hope you guys can hear that because I know sometimes I listen back to the audio. Sometimes you can hear, sometimes you can't. But she was saying that you cannot live a brave life without disappointing some people and that people who are wanting something else for you have their own agendas or they have their own things. And that, I don't, listen, this is what I'll say on this. Sometimes that's the case. Most, a lot of times that's the case. I mean, you know, but there are times when that's not, when people really have the best in mind for you and they can see that you're going towards something crazy and they're like, shit, hold up, <laughs> calm your ass down, you know, whatever. But for the most part, you can't, when you're really sure about something in life, when you're really sure of going a certain way or moving us towards a certain goal or towards a certain thing or something like that, you're going to always cause controversy among some, maybe people, especially if you're stepping out of a, a energy that you may have been in for a while or something like that. It will always cause people to question, to say, are you sure? Do you want to do that? Blah, 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 blah. And you will disappoint people. You will make people, people will be, some people will be hurt by your decisions. You know what I'm saying? Some people will be like, uh, and they will be disappointed in your decisions. But you cannot live a brave life without disappointing some people. And I need to hear that so much. <laughs> oh, if I hit the worst 5 I mean, I really need to hear that well. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. So I don't, want, I don't know if I'm going to expand any more on it, but that's right, it's a word. You cannot live a brave life without disappointing some people. And people who... Who love you and really care about you Like she said They will be rooting for you No matter what I I always laugh My grandparents (laughs) I am almost 50 okay They don't see that They'll be be like I don't know The only thing I think they see When they see me is a little baby And a little kid And so they so, So there is If I'm Even when I make crazy decisions Or I make anything that, you know, even if I feel there's a little tinge of disappointment in, in me, they are never. It's almost like it, it turns into. It, <laughs> they end up not being. It's like uh, you know they only see the baby or the kid, you know, or whatever. And so they they always want to protect. So even I even even when I make decisions that sometimes for them, it's just like oh my god, what's she about to do? <laughs> I always know I have love. You know, it's so funny because my grandfather is always like, you know, he's always like, don't you really ever think you, uh, you know, uh, you, you don't, you, you know, uh, we, uh, as long as we here, we here for you and something like that. So it's always funny about, you know, if I'm going back to school or if I'm making a decision to go back to school or if I'm making a decision to do something uh Different, uh, going a different direction in career or whatever. They may not always understand it, but they're always rooting for me, and that is so. It's beautiful to have that love there. So try to be that base. Now I'm that person with my friends. I'm gonna always tell you straight up (laughs) what I think. (laughs) But in the end, if you want to do something, I had this one friend. I'll tell you this story. I had this one friend. She'll know who I am. She who I'm talking about. Where has we talked about this show? And they know I use stories on this show. But I had one friend. I you know, I was like you know, I felt like she was 
you know, I felt like she was going headlong into a relationship too fast that she had just got out of one. <laughs> and I knew that she, you know, that she was still, you know, back with in her head with the other person or whatever. And I said to her, I said, hey, I'm going to tell you I love you. And you welcome. You gonna do whatever you gonna do. But you said you asking me my opinion, and my opinion is this is too fast. But do what you gonna do. She said she did what she gonna do. And you know what? I cheer her on, no matter what. Okay. And the relationship lasts. It's still going. I mean, they've had their hiccups, but it's still going strong. So what I'm saying is that was a good decision for her. But I I also told her my thoughts. Okay. So I mean, you know. But I always say to people keep. People have to make their own decisions and root in life. So you, you're going to disappoint people with your decisions? That's okay because if you know that you know that you know, then you gotta go, you got to do what you got to do, right, if there's something that is leading you to something. I know that's sometimes some sometimes with me. Sometimes I do weird things. <laughs> and my family be like, everybody be around me going, what is she doing? Which way is she going? <laughs> I don't even know sometimes. So I know sometimes you can, it can seem like people are like a little disappointed or like, what's that girl doing? You know, but I understand I have to, I have to go where my um, intuition and my instinct, fit, I feel like it's leading me. And so, you know, even with crazy decisions, some decisions I make every day, okay? So uh, that's why I guess that's why I'm telling you, you cannot live a brave life without disappointing some people, and that is your It's a Word from Oprah Winfrey this week, okay, you know, <laughs> oh my goodness, okay, so when we get back, okay, we got to talk about, uh, so much stuff we got to talk about, CNN Plus, I, you know, tonight I love, I listened to some of Jason Black tonight when he talked about uh, Black Authority, he talked about on his um, Black Authority channel, if you will listen to him on YouTube, he talked about CNN Plus and the failure of CNN Plus. And I was like, you are spot on. <laughs> Jason was so spot on tonight. So if you guys, I put that link up on the Carolina Chatwood Facebook page if you guys want to listen to it. Jason's always a little controversial. Jason's edgy, but he but he be on point. So uh, check that out. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on into the show. And I'm going to talk about Megan. Megan the Stallion does an interview with Gail King. Now, do I think it's a, her people did not take control of this narrative fast enough? No, I don't think they did, but it is what it is, okay? So uh, she's telling the story about what happened with um, Tory Lanez, and I'm going to share my thoughts about it, okay, when I get back. Also, we want to talk about this carjacker killed after trying to carjack uh, this, lady, this little old lady. And he ended up stealing that woman's car and riding right on to eternity, to his death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some people you don't fuck with out in these streets. Some people got instant shit that'll come after you, okay? And I said, that lady is protected in ways you probably can't even think. I mean, I mean, he even hit on us. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, y'all little kindergartners bringing tequila to class. What kind of so-and-tell shit do y'all got going on now? Y'all kids are bringing tequila <laughs> to class. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about Will Smith is out in these streets overseas, okay? People have been seeing us. And, you know, there are rumors coming everywhere that Will and Jada are getting divorced. I'd be shocked if that happened. Um, but we'll talk about that. And we're going to talk about, I mean, uh, what's her name? What's the little girl's name? 
What's the little girl from Kansas City? Janelle Monet. She's a wrong, grown woman. Janelle Monet showed up on the bread tabletops. Very interesting. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed listening to Janelle Monet. She's from Kansas City. She, I think Janelle's from Kansas. I don't know if she's from Kansas or Kansas City, Missouri. I don't know which side she's from. But uh, she brought her mom out and said her mom was a sweetheart. I still don't. I'm not a big Janelle Monet fan as far as music is concerned. But hey, listen, she. It was interesting. She talked about who she was. I mean, I was too confused. I'm, you know, listen. When people start talking that shit to me, I'm they, I'm we, I have no sex. I'm like, heifer, you got a coochie. <laughs> Was you born with a, you, you are something. <laughs> so we're going to talk about her, talking about non-binary and all this stuff. <sighs> and we'll discuss that. And, uh... Well, and that's a little bit more when we get back. Oh my God! Oh, I can't forget about future talking about the women toxic to him. Oh God, we can't we can't miss that today. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna hope we're gonna talk about that a little bit a little bit later on into the show. But meanwhile, let's play a little bit. Wait a minute, hold on, y'all. Okay, meanwhile, let's play a little bit of music. I don't know. I have not put up any. Uh, <laughs> I haven't put up any new things, uh, but let's, I'll tell you what we'll listen to. Listen to, some, to Maxwell, since y'all done made Maxwell number one out in these streets, and I'm going to see Maxwell this week, we're off, okay? So it's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, okay?
All right, that's a lucky day with Earth, Wind, and Fire. You are my love. Now, I always like, let me tell you something. You can't go wrong when you put Earth, Wind, and Fire music to the background, especially that song. Uh, what's the song? Uh, dang it, it just, I'm, I went blank. But when you put that, when you put the song back, that you cannot go wrong with that. You can, you can, you can. And the way he starts it off, oh my God, yeah, this, this is a sexy joint. All right, it's the CC show. I'm Carlotta. It's late at night. I know, I know, I know. Y'all like Carlotta? What's the deal with you coming on late? Somebody asked me that. It's <laughs> like you be coming on late. I don't even know. I can't catch you live. I'm like, that's it's just the purpose is. <laughs> For you guys to hear the archive, <laughs> but some of you guys be up catching the show like y'all on the line right now. Y'all be coming, y'all be listening. <laughs> I appreciate it, but I just I am just taping the show. I, I'm, I'm kind of like just taping it for you guys so that you can listen to it whenever you want to. I'm sorry I'm not doing live Saturdays anymore. We're gonna go back to that eventually. Okay, it's the summer's coming up. You never know, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, you guys, just get into these hot topics out here in these streets. All right, so this carjacker, right? You know, I don't like nobody trying to hurt old women, old people, period, okay? Don't mess old people or the older people, because I have a lot of people in my family who are older, and one day, God bless, I plan to get old, (laughs) So that's what I'm just saying. You know, I don't like anybody who will try to come after an old person. That's just that's the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst, right? So um, this uh, story is very, uh, I don't know if it's, it's, it's justice, justice. But it says, uh, this is from San Antonio. This is from uh, uh, Fox8Live.com. It says, a San Antonio great-grandmother is recovering after a brutal carjacking this week. She's lucky to not have been more seriously injured, but her assailant later crashed her car and died. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Charlene Hernandez, 72, was on her way to the Shell gas station Tuesday morning, something she does every day to get a Diet Coke. On her way inside, a man grabbed her, hitting her several times in the face in a tussle to take her keys. Hernandez said despite three men trying to tackle the attacker, he still got away with the car. Not long after, police found her car in an interstate total and with a, with the suspected carjacker dead inside. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let me tell you something. We're coming up in a time spiritually. I'm going to tell you all something. I'll just say this, okay? In a time spiritually, y'all better could mess with, mess with the wrong one you start carjacking, you better be careful. You, the creep thieves and criminals out here, you carjack or hurt the wrong one. Instant, instant stuff like that. Instant, not even, not it'll probably even be happy. It'll probably speed up quicker because I just feel like we're walking into a, 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 a interesting time. And some people are going to have more protection on them because they got journeys to complete and things to do. And you try to interfere, you know what I'm saying, even even older people. So I just I just want I just was thinking about that. But let's take a listen to uh, this uh, story on Channel Eight. Here we go. Hopefully, y'all can hear. Yes, like many grandmas, seventy-two-year-old Charlene Hernandez loves to show off her kids. This is my oldest grandson Joshua and grandkids. My great-granddaughter and great-grandkids. 
a traumatic run-in with a carjacker Tuesday left her with some battle scars that could have taken her away from them. Here she is now, left to tell the tale. I can see that man in detail. I have a picture in my mind of him. It's just, it's, it's there, and it, it, it doesn't go away. Charlene made her way to this Shell gas station on South Cross Tuesday morning, something she does every day to get her Diet Coke fix. On her way inside, a man grabbed her, hitting her several times in the face in a tussle to take her keys. Charlene says despite three men trying to tackle the attacker, she still got away. Not long after, police found her car here on I-35 at Somerset. Total, the assailant, dead. There's a lot of people that would say, what goes around comes around. Karma. I'm not, I did not think that. The only thing, I got really sad because he had died. And I granted he had hurt me, but the Lord saw fit to take him out of his misery. Charlene says she's still sore and a little beat up, but mostly she's okay. The carjacker didn't take her trunk, but he did take something pretty valuable. I realized I don't have a car. I don't, I don't have a car. Despite her age, Charlene still works every day. She lives on the southwest side, her job on the northeast side. It's a bit of a jaunt, but the income helps keep her and her husband stable. I just don't want to quit working. And so I've got to somehow get another car, and <laughs> that takes money and stuff, so I've got to figure out what to do. She's ready to get back to work and regain wheels to get her around. Ultimately, she says she's glad to be here and hopes we'll all learn to spring into action when we can. I just hope that if this situation happens to anybody else, that Somebody will step forward, leap forward, run forward, whatever, and help the person that it's happening to. Uh, well, you know, this story, she was so kind and so sweet, talking, you know, talking about the Lord seeing fit to take him out of his misery. Something saw fit, and he won't be doing that to nobody else, though. Mm-hmm. Somebody, he, he was trying to get her funeral plan. Instead, he got his own funeral plan. Don't do dirty shit like that out here with these old, I mean, just don't, and you know, he probably was in misery. And I'm wondering drugs, because if you know, when you hear stuff like that where she said three other men tried to hold him down, he might have been on some drugs. You know, people really strong when they're on like sweat and stuff like that, they be strong as hell. I remember back in the day, you know, addicts, when it was back in the crack, when the crack bomb went out, and back then you used to have a few wet people who do that water, that wet, mm-mm, mm You couldn't even give me, if I saw anybody, if I if for five minutes I saw anybody acting erratic and stuff like that around me, I'd get away. I'd be like, because they be strong as hell and they be out of their mind, okay? So, you know, it makes me think that is, you know, this old dude on drugs or what was going on there. I mean, you know, so that's, that's I'm just it's just happy that she's, she made it through, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to probably come together and get her a car. And, you know, a lot of people do that nowadays, and just uh, that's just a, just a very sad situation. Because I think about my own family. You know, I have I have older elderly grandparents, and my grandfather still drives out here in these streets. <laughs> so you know, uh, so it's just a, I just I, I mean, it's just a blessing that she's okay and she's there. She's able to still be there for her family. And plus, she's taking care of her. Her she's the income for her and her husband right now. 
So, you know, wow. At 72, still working and having to go across town. And some fool coming trying to, you, you, you serious about life out here trying to live and take care of your family. Here comes some fool trying to take what's out of their mind, trying to take what's yours. They end up losing his own thing. But, you know, it is what it is. I thought this story was interesting uh, to uh, tell you guys here. But let's go on to the next one. What are we going to talk about? Okay, this story I had to laugh about. It says, Michigan kindergartner brings tequila to school and shares with class. Y'all kids is bad. These kids, I'm telling you, these kids are something different out here nowadays. Y'all kids are special. <laughs> this is according to uh, MSN.com. Uh, it says, some parents are outraged, <laughs> are outraged after learning a kindergartner while alcohol in the school is shared with classmates. Now, it is tequila. It could hurt, or could hurt them, especially if they drink on a serious note too much. But it says, according to NBC 15, the Michigan students shared a bottle of Jose. <laughs> what did y'all do it? Bottle of uh, uh, tequila. Jose, what is it? Uh, mixed with uh, 10% alcohol. Ooh, that's strong, too. Content with four students at Grand River Academy before a teacher stepped in to stop it. One parent, Alexis Smith, told the outlet she got a call from the school alerting her that her daughter was one of them. There were so many thoughts running through my mind, like, oh, my God, you know, what if it was open before the girl brought it to school? How much was it, she said. Fox 2 reported that Smith's daughter had four or five sips and felt woozy and a little dizzy. The students were under the impression they were drinking juice snack. Right. This little kitty girl, that's what they told Josh. <laughs> yeah, it's drinking juice snack time uh, until uh, the child who bought the mixed drink told him it was alcohol. One student then went to tell the teacher what it was, according to Fox 2. While we're trying to keep an eye on everything our students bring to school, that's simply not possible. It's unfortunate these types of adult beverages can be easily mistaken for child-friendly drinks. A statement from the school says, now see here, look, listen to that, listen to that, listen to this. It's, this is here we go. There's always somebody want to censor or do some or stop stop something. It's unfortunate that these are looking like kids' drinks. So now you want to tell the motherfuckers how to make their drinks, okay? Just keep drinks out your kids' hands. Keep tequila out your kids' hands. It ain't the drink. It ain't the. Uh, it ain't the. Uh, uh, but tequila people's fault that your kid is bad as hell and bought drinks to school <laughs> and gave them to, and tried to give them this up. Trying to give them to some other kids. <laughs> okay, I can't quit laughing at y'all. That's not nobody's fault. <laughs> Don't blame tequila people because they want to look like a fruit snack or a fruit drink. A mess, okay? Now, Will Smith. Will, where, 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 where you at? Will done went, I done heard Will was running over there. The people said he was in Africa, Africa he was in India. He's, Will just running away. And what you've been hearing lately is that 
you know, he the rumors are up that Jada, you know, they that's more divorce talk. I don't think Will and Jada get divorced. If they do, okay. But he's they seem like the type that'll be at each other's house every day. You know, like when I heard Payla Bill years ago talk about when she got divorced from her ex husband and how he was at breakfast at her house every day. <laughs> that seems like Will and Jada. Like, they'll always be friends, you know. But uh, I don't think they'll get divorced. But it says, Will Smith, this is according to Yahoo.com, it says, Will Smith is catching flights, not feelings. On April 23rd, the King Richard Store 53 was spotted taking photos with fans at a private airfield in Mumbai, India. The outing marks Will's first public appearance since he infamously slapped comedian Chris Rock 57 live on television during a 2022 Oscars in March. While it's not immediately clear why Will was in India, the actor appeared to be in good spirits as he smiled and waved at his fans. His fashion choices also looked equally as cool and relaxed as Will spotted a white T-shirt, gray shorts, white tights, and a pair of sneakers. On March 27th, Will notoriously made his signs about, you know, after he um, smacked Chris. Uh, listen, uh, you know, Will is, this This might be a little bit of Will's problem. The inability to sit, I'm, I'm not saying this is what's going on, maybe he's working. I don't know why, but if he's just out here running around after a situation like that has happened where he's embarrassed himself in the TV uh, and everything. He seems like the type that'll run, like just run. And 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 he really doesn't. This is this is a time when he needs to hunker in and figure it all out. Now he's probably going on some spiritual quest, being a Gemini ascendant, you know, <laughs> and a Scorpio moon, right? He's probably out there <laughs> thinking he's also spiritual. He tells himself. The run, you know, has he run to another country? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, how you will do. I'm trying to, uh, uh, you know, uh, heal myself spiritually, go to places where I'm spiritual. You know, you, you know the lies you tell. But really, he needs to stay rooted and grounded, have conversations with his wife, his family, figure out what the hell is going on, and figure out what he wants to do instead of running his ass around right now. But I digress. Ain't my ain't my business. <laughs> but am I surprised we was running around to other countries and stuff? No, not whatsoever. Okay. And I hope you know they saying. I mean, I'm hearing two different rumors. First, they're saying he's getting all kind of movies, and then they saying he's been getting uh, his the films he's already made have been uh, held back. So what the hell is it? I don't think it's going to hurt his career whatsoever, okay? That's all that I have to say on that note. All right, so moving on from that, because, you know, I mean, how much more can we talk about Will and Jada in the snack, okay? <sighs> Megan the Stallion. Now, I'm not understanding how Tori... Lanes gets like arrested and stuff. Now I'm, I guess I'm not understanding this court case. This court case has been one of the most confusing, weird, yet interesting court cases between two celebrities that's ever been. You cannot get a clear cut on what the fuck exactly happened that night. And when Tory brings it up, when he gets back to court, he immediately gets uh, in trouble and punished for that. 
Meg now is out giving interviews. Are they going to do the same with her? I'm just trying to figure out. Or does she get, just got the protection? Let me just say this. There's a lot of money behind her little ass, okay? Her little wop ass. I'm thinking about her little coochie every time she can. It is a lot of money behind Meg. They can't let her fail this soon, okay? I don't know what the shit's going on with the court case. It sounds like some shenanigans and stuff. I'm not saying she lying. I'm not saying she's telling the truth. What I'm saying is that her people have taken too long to take control of this narrative if she was the victim. Years ago, when the Chris Brown incident happened with Rihanna, a lot of y'all was making up shit. Rihanna got she, she she probably she probably did this, she probably did that. But the truth was, if you had listened to the story, the police report had done, she had done her police report immediately afterwards. It was very clear the police report was released. I think on one of those uh, smokinggun.com, it was very detailed about what had happened to Rihanna. As a matter of fact, Chris Brown didn't deny it and didn't deny it or whatever. He actually, which I can remember, I remember when he was on Larry King, he said he had blanked out or whatever. Okay? So, listen, he didn't deny what had happened, but people was making up stuff because they were so in love with Chris Brown, and it was hard for them to believe he was a little ice. But that shit, immediately Rihanna's people was on that shit. Like, even even though Rihanna was holding back and was doing stupid shit, you know, like a little young girl do going back, hanging around with her when somebody kicked their ass. I had a friend who did that one time. Got her ass kicked, and the next week she was with the dude. I was like, what's the crazy shit? You can't kick my... Let me tell you one thing, okay? You cannot kick my ass. I didn't get that jinx. That's why I didn't get the... I got my my daddy's family. I got I got too much of a temper. I realized very young that nobody could. I could not. I realized, and I won't tell y'all the story how I realized it. Oh my God! Because they'll be like Carlotta, you was great. Listen, I realized as a young girl that you could not. Nobody could. You could not hit my ass. Okay. I had two incidents where people tried to try it, and it didn't end up very pretty. <laughs> Well, one, they tried to try, they tried to, I forget what they, they, they tried to shake me with, but the one that t- hit, and they was kind of playing, but all I could see was red. I'm not the one that hit, okay, because see, listen, I'm the burden in bed type. I will burn you. I can't be scared. Of, I don't want to be, you know, like some people be running around here scared, you know. I can't, I don't like that feeling, being scared of somebody. Listen here. Uh-uh, and I don't know how women live now. This is no this to the women who get abused. Anybody can be in an abusive situation. But I will tell you one thing. You cannot go to sleep with my ass. <laughs> you cannot eat with my ass. Me cooking dinner. And you trying to kick somebody's ass. Oh, hell no. No, no, no. I'll just say that. <laughs> I will be on the ID chat. Snaps <laughs> and all of it above. I don't play that kicking kicking no asses, okay? That's not happening. I'm just, I just, I'm not the one. I can't, I don't know how women, I, I, I've seen it. I, I understand it. I just don't, I can't live with that level of fear. And I'm glad I just didn't get that, I didn't get that, that gene ain't came to me. Because I, it's, it's not pretty. It wouldn't be pretty, okay? <laughs> I realized, I realized very young, 
I was like, I ain't the one. <laughs> I said, I'll be, I'll be to kill somebody. <laughs> Are they gonna have to kill me? I'll be to kill them. It would not be a pretty situation, and that's for real. Okay, I'm, a, I understand that, and I'm not just talking crap. I'm really serious. I realized that has a, at a very young age that I can't have those type of violent relationships because it, either one or two things will happen. You know, and so I know women who go constantly back to shit like that. That's crazy as hell to me because my own self couldn't deal with that kind of level of abuse. I snap. So, I, you know, I just don't understand how. But there are a lot of women who deal with that kind of stuff, okay? And so, to me, Rihanna, you know, she was young, and that little story was played out clearly, okay? We clearly know what happened, even though y'all motherfuckers was in denial out here saying all kind of shit. But with Megan and Tori, this story has been fucking cloudy at best. We don't know what the fuck happened. There's been so many stories, so finally, Megan brings her ass to sit down with Gail's born ass. <laughs> I like Gail. Gail be, Gail be bored with that. But Gail, uh, sit down with Gail's ass for an interview and talk about what happened to her. So let's listen to Megan's story that is taking them too long to grab a hold of the narrative about what happened to her. So let's listen to this. Hopefully y'all can hear. It was an argument because I was ready to go and everybody else wasn't ready to go. But that's like normal friend stuff. Like, we fuss about silly, silly stuff all the time. But... I never put my hands on anybody. I never raised my voice too loud. Like, this was one of the times where it was like... It shouldn't have got this crazy. It shouldn't have escalated. Right. So I get out the car and it's like everything happens. It's so intense. And all I hear is this man screaming his and he dances and he starts shooting. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like he shot a couple of times. And I, I so was so in the car shooting from the car. Right? He and is standing up over the window okay. shooting. And... I didn't even want to move. I didn't want to move too quick. Like, because I'm like, oh, my God, if I take the wrong step, I don't know if he's going to shoot something that's, like, super important. I don't know if he's going to shoot me that kill me. Like, Were you afraid for your life? I was really scared because I had never been shot at before. Okay. All right. Listen, I, I don't know what was going on. I, I was looking at it. She was, listen. I feel that her, I'm not going to say what I personally think about the situation, but what I will say is this. It took her people too long, her her publicists and management people, to get a hold to the narrative on this story because now it's out there like she's some sort of Jesse Smollett. So everybody's going to be questioning, well, did he really shoot you? You can see all them people's comments after these uh, this post went up on one of the blogs. All people's comments like, mm-hmm, all right, and scene, and people saying all that stuff, you know. So, listen, it's, I, the story has gotten away from them. It has gotten away from them. And Megan is, a lot of money has been invested in this girl. It, it, it's, let me tell you something. Let me just say this. And let me. There's a reason showbiz tends to go after younger people. 
and not everybody in show business, but a lot of show business people tend to do that. Not only just from an energy perspective, but from, you know, maybe because they got to say youth's got more energy, but also they know less wisdom. This poor girl came onto the scene. She's a great talent. But the problem is that you don't understand that heavy is the head. I always preach this on here. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Heavy is the head that wears the motherfucking crown. If you want to be queen, ask Elizabeth. I could be a heavy load. When I say Elizabeth, y'all know Queen of England. This is one of my favorite people to talk about on here. Heavy is the head when you're trying to take the crown, Megan. And Megan's little young ass was out here enjoying the, enjoying the spoils of showbiz and hanging out, running around and doing everything. When she probably should have been working her ass on the album because she already, you know, there was already a battle for her right when they come between the management companies or what is it? Her her old record company and the new re- and Rock Nation or whatever. So she already stepping in the fire. She already got money exchanging it and people trying to buy out contracts and all that stuff. She already got a lot of shit surrounding her. So she should have been focused like a motherfucker. Really, I'm just telling you the truth. But because she's so young and she don't understand the shit she stepped into. On a perspective, you know, on a, she just thinking she out here rapping and, you know, she being a big star and stuff. But she just stepped into some real shit. And it, <laughs> it is a lot of money behind her. And after this, I will say this, because her, a lot of couple, last, last couple of albums, little songs that's been released haven't been that great. And now... They are having to run behind and try to lift you, grab the hold to the story again before it gets away from you. And what I say is this kid, she, it's tough. I know people are like, I say, believe women. No, I don't believe it. Listen, I'm I'm a person that believes, I like the law. I like uh, the justice system when it's at its, purest form, not when it's in its, uh, 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 when it's in its, because we can use in America the justice system in all kind of ways, but the justice system that's supposed to be is actually good. The justice system that's on paper is actually a balanced system. It is up to the prosecution. It's up to the people who say something happened to them to prove that it happened. It's not you. The burden of proof is always on the person who comes forward, and that's how it should be. Prove to me that something happened before I put somebody in jail or before I ruin somebody's reputation. I know they've been trying to change that here. Just believe people and throw people in jail. No, that's not how it goes. And that's not how you would want it to go. If you were a person who has been accused of something, you want the right to tell your story. And you don't want somebody to say you're guilty before... uh, and not being able to help yourself in any kind of way. So what I'll say with Megan is I don't know what happened that night, but I know that she ain't got no time to play because she has gotten a series of bad publicity within the last several months from somebody who they put so much money behind you, little girl. They put a lot of money behind you, and I will say this. 
is hopefully you grow your ass up from this list. Hopefully you will grow, you will grow your ass up and understand. I'm not saying you can't have no fun and stuff like that, but I'm saying heavy is the head that wears the motherfucking crown. Ask Nicki Minaj, okay, who held that crown for eight years. It is not easy. And now you done created a whole spiral of other shit. These record companies got to go out here and probably, I don't know what they covering up what happened with you and Tory Lanez and your best friend. If y'all was all screwing each other, I don't know what was going on. <clears throat> and it don't sound like y'all know who shot who. I don't know what the hell. Now, you make it saying one thing. He shot out the car. I don't know who the hell. Now, you know, some people get crazy when they drunk. I don't know what's what, but I know one thing about her. Is that she has got she has got so all this money invested in her, and she has not been worth the pot they done put in her little ass so fast so quick. And now they already dealing with controversy with you. Good three years in was it four years in three year four years in shit they they already trying to run controversy out. Crazy ass. Lord have mercy. Just telling y'all, all you kids out here who think you might want to be rappers and sing, I told y'all some of y'all need to go look into doctor, or lawyer, and engineering, and it's it's a host of other careers out here. You can background sing. You can uh, do uh, what else can you do? You can do uh, uh, shit. You can do a lot of stuff in the industry. You can do. You can be a publicist. You can be a uh, 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 a record, record owner, I mean, record company owner. You can be an A&R person. There's a lot of things you motherfuckers can do besides being in the business, okay? I'm just saying some of y'all don't need to be in the business because y'all don't understand. Just because you got talent don't mean you need to be there either, okay? Because some of you guys don't understand the dynamics that it is not just about your talent. I wish I could tell you that most talented person is the most popular they not usually. <laughs> it is a talentless MF that are right now at the top of the chart. <laughs> not all the time. Not, not, right, not everybody, but right where you're going, damn, how do you get? Because it's, it's so much, it's, it's about so much. It's just like even in sports. Look at Naomi Osaka. She can't get together. She come out and work right. I don't know. Please help me. And people rest is like, baby, this is tennis. <laughs> yeah, I better I break down. They like, I don't give a shit. We, we can see stop the game. Nope. Because she didn't understand that it's not just about being the best tennis player. She didn't understand when she took that, put that damn crown on her head at the top, the Serena and Venus crown on her head. She understand what was coming with that. You got to have personality. You got to be able to do with this motherfucking press with they crazy ass, and they done got more crazy and more vicious than ever before. And so when you want that crown, when you want the fame, when you got you a little Barbie doll, the day we just talk a Barbie doll, you got all this shit. 
When you got all of it, you got to understand, you can't just be like, yeah, well, I don't want to really do interviews. they like, fuck that. You want to do some interviews? We need you to do interviews out here. Look at Tiger Woods the other day, okay? You think that they didn't call Tiger Woods to come up. They knew Tiger's ass can't win no Masters after his back. Right? He needed a few years probably to heal. But they had that man, pro man, out there probably backing out on that on that course, uh, the golf course. Why they have him out there? Because Tiger is the king, even when he ain't doing well. He changed the history of that game. He he made probably viewership go up. They probably had people watching golf they never had paying attention to it before. And that man probably didn't understand that even with when he wrecked it, we had a bad crisis. He got to come out here and fucking pretend like he can still hit the ball right now. I got to, I'm in pain. I'm trying to hit this ball. Because why? Because it's not. He's not just a. He's just not just a golf player anymore. He's a revenue stream. It's a revenue stream. Tigers. Tigers a dollar bill. At Augusta, he's a, he's a he's a dollar bill whenever he plays. He's a dollar. Here's what it is, Megan. You have now become a dollar bill. You you are a revenue stream. And you know what they made you? Let me just tell you something, Megan. What they did do over at Rock Nation, which I usually don't see them do. And maybe because you're a female rapper. If you were a female singer, it would probably be different. But well, female rapper, you have gotten so much, like you're like the female rapping Beyonce. <laughs> they actually are promoting you heavy. And you are here fucking up. You can't play loudest, you can't play childish games when you're the revenue stream. These kids, kids, think about it. Think about it. All I'm saying is before you take on say, I want to be a rapper, I want to be a singer, understand that show business is about so much more than your talent. Talent is great. That's a good start. But you don't really got to have it. You mean I can name some people out here that's got some, they have no business doing I mean, like, how the hell they become a singer? Because they have something else. They may have good, it may, it may be a lot of things, but trust me, there is so much more to being a star or a celebrity. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. And think about Megan. Look at her on every channel. I mean, on Gail King. Twenty months after it happened, should have been on there a long time before that. But she's on here crying now because she made a tragic mistake running around. Probably when she probably should have had her ass in the studio. So I'm not saying be don't be young, but I'm saying you got to pay attention when you have that heavy a burden on you, financial investment on you. You have to change up. Listen, 
when you got a heavy investment, if you're a basketball player, LeBron can't go play basketball everywhere. He might want to play pick up a game of street ball. You know what they will. He, people will fall out his agents and then will fall out. They saw him playing on the concrete somewhere probably. They probably like, ah! Because, listen, his, that's his moneymaker. It's, he has investments in him from Nike to food places, all kind of things is invested in LeBron being LeBron. And he can't get out here and play with motherfuckers on the concrete no more. Jesus. Jesus said, I ain't got nothing to do with this. I'm sorry, Lord. You just can't do it. Megan, you can't be running around doing stupid stuff. You are now an investment stream. Money stream. Money stream. Revenue stream. To somebody. People are all invested in you, and you got to protect the investment. And you can't wait until the gunshots is fired and be like, I don't know which way to step in case he hit me this way, he hit me that way. It was, she almost lost her life, whatever happened. I don't know if she almost did. It's a strange story. But all I'm saying is for you young kids out here, understand, okay? And I even just heard something the other day. I, mean, I don't have the story up, but I heard the baby done got into another uh, uh, thing. They said he got into another fight. He is not good. He got to cut this shit out. I don't know what's going on with his ass. That's another one. Y'all better understand out here this game. All right. Barack Obama talking about misinformation. Oh, he doesn't have anything to do. Does Barack have anything to do? This is according to Chicago Tribune. In 2011, Barack Obama swept into Silicon Valley and yucked it up with Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's founder. The occasion was a town hall with the social network's employees that covered the burning issues of the day, taxes, health care, the promise of technology to solve the nation's problem. More than a decade later, Obama is making another trip to Silicon Valley, this time with a grimmer message about the threat that the tech giants have created to the nation itself. And what is that, Barack? In private meetings and public appearances over the past year, the former president has waded deeply into the public fray over misinformation and disinformation, warning that the scourge of falsehoods online has eroded the foundations of democracy at home and abroad. In a speech from Stanford University on Thursday, he is expected to add his voice to the demands for rules to rein in the flood of lies polluting public discourse. Now, what does that sound like to you? Not let's put more information out here to engage, to engage whatever misinformation he's saying is out there. No, but he's trying to censor shit. shit. Oh, we've got to do something about misinformation. Is it misinformation? I know some of the shit is, but some of it, maybe you just don't want them saying much. There is there is not a discourse to engage misinformation. There's a discourse to get rid of anything that he they deem as misinformation, which is scary to me because what does that mean? The urgency of the crisis, the Internet's demand for crazy, as he put it recently, has already pushed him further than he was ever prepared to go as, pre- as a as president to take on social media. I think it's reasonable for us as a society to have a debate and then put in a, a place 
put in place a combination of regulatory measures and industry norms that leave intact the opportunity for these platforms to make money, but say to them there are certain practices you engage in that we don't think are good for society. Oh, we don't. Who is the we? Obama said at a conference on disinformation this month organized by the University of Chicago in Atlantic, Obama's campaign, the timing which seemed from not not from a single cause, people close to him said, but a broad concern about the damage of, to democracy's foundation comes in the middle of a fierce but inclusive debate over how to best restore trust online. Well, see, they want to control the narratives online. They are trying. These are, you know, what we we have a society that are trying to control voices online, voices of dissent. Because that's what the misinformation. Oh, if you're dissenting, you're misinformation. I mean, I just don't like how he sounds. I can see if he was saying we need to put more information out there to engage with misinformation because we're still a free and public, you know, social media is still a public domain and we still have freedom of speech. Even if it's wrong, some of it we have to engage. Now they're trying to say, well, it's dangerous freedom of speech. What is What is exactly does that mean, Barack? He's the most ancient, one of the most ancient presidents has ever been. <laughs> is that misinformation? Can I be misinformation? Can I be considered misinformation to say he wasn't shit? <laughs> well, I mean the shit. Well, that would be the shit. But what they be considering me misinformation? She said misinformation. She said Barack wasn't shit. He wasn't. But especially with black people. I mean, he was great for Wall Street and all the rest of them. He was not shit for black. <laughs> Whether Obama's advocacy can sway the debate remains to be seen. While he is not sought to endorse a single solution or a particular piece of legislation, he nonetheless hopes to appeal across the political spectrum from common ground. You've got to think about how things are going to be consumed through different partisan filtering, but still make your true, authentic, best case about how you see the world and what the stakes are and why, said Jason Goldman, former Twitter blogger, medium executive, who was at the White House first chief digital officer under Obama and continues to advise him. There's a potential reason to believe that the good path exists out of some of the messes that we're in, he added. Listen. I personally believe that America has been, politics and everything has been infiltrated with people who are against the idea of democracy. Because America has not been the ideal democracy, you know, because America was talking about freedom and liberty and shit and had slaves, and mistreating black Americans more than any other group. However, I believe there's a group in place now throughout different forms. This is misinformation, I'm saying, because it's my thoughts. They probably say I was misinformation. I do believe in my conspiracy thoughts. There is a group of people now who are out there engaging in this kind of dangerous discourse that Barack Obama is, which, which, which to me starts to put uh, the clamps on freedom of speech. 
I think there are people who are a threat to democracy who are trying to stay there for democracy, but they're really not. Listen to them closely. They like to censor. What's your misinformation? What disinformation are you talking about? It's just really crazy to me. So I believe that we're in a very strange time and that these type of rules are going to be used to come against people who are dissenting against governments or dissenting against politicians like Barack or something like that. And then they'll say, oh, it's misinformation. (laughs) But I digress. Oh, Lord. When we come back here... We talk about Meg. Oh, we talk about Meg. We'll talk about Janelle Monet saying she's everything. There's no man. I'm not no man. I'm not a woman. I'm everything. You cannot limit me. I'm everything. <laughs> we'll talk about Gia Cassie, DJ Envy's uh, wife, talking about she faked orgasms for 10 years. Damn. You know, they were the ones, remember DJ Envy, I think they was him and his wife, where DJ Envy said on the radio, it was kind of a controversy one time, that this is, you know, what they, she, was, she said, he was saying one of the things they do, I, don't quote me on this, like they would dress up as like her favorite singers and stuff, and you know, with sex and stuff, like role playing, and one of them was Maxwell, and I remember, uh, I remember Charlamagne went, ooh, don't you know him? You're not supposed to play dress up with somebody you know. <laughs> You're not supposed to be robot modeling your husband's friend or your husband's acquaintance. <laughs> I think that was them. I, I remember him telling that story on a breakfast club. But for me, I'm listen here. Let me tell you something. You cannot dress up. I am not the chick. I'm a. I maybe because I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> I don't know if it's a Scorpio thing, but I am not a chick to dress. I don't like, I like, you know, role playing is cute now, but you can't role play as like no Denzel. You can't role play as Maxwell. You can't do that for me. You can't role play as Lenny Gravis for me because damn that, I don't want no, I don't want nobody pretending. <laughs> Shit, if I'm going up here pretend, I'd rather have a real deal. I ain't trying to get you dressed up in some afro or something. What the hell is going on around here? <laughs> I ain't trying to have you dress up as Denzel on Mo' Better Blues. Damn that. I want Mo' Better Blues, Denzel. I don't want your ass running around here and dress like this. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get that kind of thing. <laughs> but we're going to talk about them, too, with the faking of the orgasms. And we're going to talk about this lady who showed up, honey. I got to admire sis, okay? She told the judge. She was trying to be on the – they had her up for jury duty. And she like, yo, judge. I'm not going to be able to do this. This is going to mess with my finances. Just like, huh? It's going to mess with my finances. My sugar daddy pays me, and I got to see him every day. Oh, yes, she got out of court duty. <laughs> She's like, I ain't got time for this jury shit. I got some whole shit that threw out these streets. <laughs> and I ain't mad at it. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more when we get back on the CC Show. Meanwhile, y'all, here is New Edition with Once in a Lifetime Groove. I'll be back in a moment.
for the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. All right, what's up, you guys? We are back on the Carlotta Chatwood Show, and I am talking hot topics, late night topics, uh, recording for you guys. <laughs> so I noticed a few of you on the line. I'm not taking phone calls tonight, so uh, sorry, you guys, but I am on the, uh, you guys can listen live in, all right? Um, Okay, so, right, so we were talking about, we were talking about DJ Envy before, uh, before I um, left off. Okay, so DJ Envy, uh, I guess him and his wife have wrote a book, okay, Gia Cassie, and she reveals that she faked orgasms with her husband, for M- DJ Envy, for 10 years. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Interesting, right? This is from XO Nicole. It says, XONicole.com. It says, Gia Cassie and DJ Envy are getting real about their nearly 30-year relationship. The couple were high school sweethearts and have six kids together. She has mostly been in the background. Her has her husband, whose real name is Rashawn Cassie, has been in the public eye, working with many artists and being a part of the world's most dangerous morning show, 105.1, The Breakfast Club. But over the last few years, they have built a brand as a couple with their podcast, The Cassie Crew. And they share the cutest family photos with the six kids and social media and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, let's see. It said, but the couple uh, got candid about the topic during an interview on the Shade Room. Uh, the couple got candid about a topic that many couples may experience when they're too ashamed to admit, faking orgasms, okay? Uh, we would be intimate, and we would be putting his best foot, he would be putting his best foot forward like he is in the business of satisfying just all around. He lives to make me happy, and he puts his best foot forward in that role, he has said. So I would see him trying and really going to work. I'm sure many women can relate, and you want to reward the man for that work. Only And the only reward you have to offer is an orgasm. And even if I didn't feel it, I would still be performative. So, yes, I was faking it. <laughs> DJ Envy explained that he found out about her faking during an argument, which crushed him. It hurt me because I thought I was feeding my wife. You hear all these stories about women talking about that, talking about their girlfriend, oh, girl, he was so strong, oh, girl, he ain't doing nothing, and I feel like they laughing. Now I feel like that's what my wife is doing, he said. Um, wow. These revelations to her husband in an argument ultimately caused a domino effect in their relationship, which led to the DJ, uh, the Queen's DJ cheating. Envy was reportedly involved in a very public cheating scandal with Erica Minia. Okay. Robert, we remember all that, Okay. Okay. First of all, 10 years. (laughs) That's a lot of time. But they are the couple that I remember, I think that I remember them talking about, like, dress up or whatever. Uh, Listen, you know, tons of people deal with this stuff. Uh, Women all around the uh, world have talked about faking orgasms before. There's nothing to probably be ashamed of. But if it's constantly happening, I can see that. you know, a lot more couples are explaining things nowadays. And, you know, you have to – listen, I have to give them props, the DJ Envy props, because, you know, a lot of males would be embarrassed and not want you to tell that and stuff. But, I mean, I'm glad they're having such an open – Jaden Will have influenced a lot of y'all to be really open out here in these streets. 
That's another couple I love. This uh, she she's a sex therapist, Shane Brody, and she does a um, show with her husband, and I like that. I love them. I think they're always so very open about relationships and love and stuff like that. But I, I feel like that Will and Jada is starting to move in the celebrity world where more people feel like they can talk about sexual things now. I personally think, you know, wow, that's a big thing to tell. Uh, but I guess because they're, they just, I think, I think they've written a book or something like that, so that's why they're doing it. And but I do remember a few years ago on the Breakfast Club having that discussion about fantasies, and one of the fantasies was, uh, I think her, one of her fantasies was, was Max. <laughs> what woman's fantasy is it, Max? <laughs> He has a like, sensual thing going on, a sexy thing. He's he's real sexy, but you can't. I don't. I can I I don't like people playing dress up like that way. <laughs> you can't say I'm gonna be this day on the night. Yeah, I'll be like, nope, that's not happening. <laughs> because, you know, because that no, I'm gonna be I'm gonna dress up and be Lily Kravitz tonight. Nope, nope, that's not happening. <laughs> I just had I most of you gotta dress up and be them you you ain't that old that old, that is not attractive to me at all. You you had to be yourself. I if I, I I had to go I had to get Lily if I want Lily. <laughs> I need the real Lily. I need the real real deal. I don't I'm not one of those people that like, you know, oh yeah. Like, uh you know where they say women go to concerts and they get hot and come home for, you know, me and so uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. No, 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 no. Now the music might get me hot. But not sexually fantasizing about the person that's up on stage because if I'm sexually fantasizing about them, I want they ass. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> let me shut up. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't have that that thing where where women say, "Oh, I got I went mean, home, I forgive you, like he was such and such." I'm like, uh, no, I, that's just not. I, uh, that's not my thing. <laughs> I can't see it. Nobody, somebody else. I'm sorry. I'm just say I don't like that idea. <laughs> I mean, because I'm a per- I would rather just have. I mean, when I, I would rather engage. Sexual energy is such an intense and energy. I want to engage. If I'm, if I have a sexual fixation, I want that person. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio though. <laughs> I guess I'm different. I'm sure some Scorpios out here that play dress up, but you know, I mean, I can understand dress up in terms of like maid and all this stuff, you know, little stuff like that. But the actual somebody dressing up to someone <laughs> that's a real person out in these streets, no. <laughs> oh my goodness, funny. All right, so uh, also in the news, Chanel Monet came out this week uh, talking with Jada and 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 the Red Table Talks. Uh, she says, I'm everything. Janelle Monet confirms she is non-binary in a new interview. And this is according to MSN.com, Lifestyle Buzz. It says, musician and actor Janelle Monet confirmed she is non-binary. Let me make sure here the sound is right. Hold on, guys. Okay. She confirmed this week that she is, um, let's see what we got in up here. Hmm. Hold on, guys. I just lost this thing. Put it up here. Okay. Uh, 
she uh, meaning neither exclusively male nor female, and discuss what it means to her in a recent interview with Red Table Talk, the talk show hosted by Jada Pinkett Smith, her daughter Willow Smith, and her mother Adrian Bankfield Norris. I'm non-binary, so I just don't see myself as a woman solely, Monet said during the episode released Wednesday. I feel all of my energy. I feel like God is so much bigger than the he or the she. If I am from God, I am everything. I am everything, but I will always, always stand with women. I will always stand with black women, but I see everything beyond the binary. In the Rolling Stones cover in 2018, prior to the release of her album, Dirty Computer, Monet came out as pre-pansexual, which is an attraction to people regardless of their sex or gender. She said initially she identified as bisexual, but then later uh, read about pansexuality and was open like, oh, these things are, these things that I identify with too, I'm open to learning more. I mean, who else can you be attracted to? When you say pansexual, this is what I can't understand. That's just bisexual. I they got to help me understand all these, these terms because there's nothing else to be attracted to but men and women. <laughs> if you're attracted to both, that's a, that's so attraction. I mean, what you was saying? Does it mean you attracted to something else out here, some other strange being? Because what the fuck else you going to be attracted to? I don't understand. I'm sorry. I don't understand. It's too many unnecessary, uh, 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 unnecessary. I'm not politically correct on here. It's too many unnecessary definitions. Shit. But anyway, uh, she says she says she initially identifies bisexual, but then later realized pansexual. All these things I identify with too. I read that. She said I am open to learning more about who I am. During the interview with Red Table Talk, she said when she sees people, she sees their energy. Hey, I don't see how you identify. She said, and I feel like that opens you up to fall in love with whoever, with any beautiful spirit. Okay, I guess I can see that a little bit. You know, cause I always say I'm in love with genies. Jenna Jackson, but I'm not the only other. I don't got no. I'm I'm, I'm a woman. <laughs> I got a coochie cat, <laughs> and I like men. <laughs> I be praying with Dennis, <laughs> but I love men. But I don't. I don't. I got masculine energy, but I don't think I'm everything. <laughs> I'm definitely something. I know y'all out here. Y'all new school is different. I'm non-binary. Can we go with they or them or they or he? I'm like, how oh, does that make you more confused? I mean, just add, I'm just asking, you know, I'm going to know I'm an old dining store out here in these streets. I had a girl do this last semester in class, and I was like, baby, I was like, don't that don't you more, don't, don't they seem more confusing. Oh, no, she said. I was like, I know. But what are you, what was you born in? Well, I feel like I, I mean, I'm, I'm a girl, but I'm like, you look like a girl. I mean, it's not, listen, I'm just saying, what what are we talking about here? I mean, Chanel Monet, you got a cookie cat? I, I'm not understanding what's going on here. I'm just confused. I'm everything. I'm, and I understand attracted to energy, okay, because you can be attracted to people's energy. I get that. And there are people, a lot of people like that. Now, I will say, there is something to sexual taste, Okay. So, you know, she says she attracted to people's energy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, you know, you that you do have sexual things that cannot be given to you from a male if you like women. 
So if you love women and you like eating kitty cat and bumpy cats, nails can't do anything. <laughs> if you a man and you like dick, I mean, you know, because it's not many women that can give off dick. It's that they got a dildo. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of confusion. I feel like so much confusion in the world. <laughs> I mean, sexuality is uh, it's more simpler than what everybody's making it, all these definitions. There's like several definitions for something simple as this, that I'm in a relationship with a man and I'm a man, or, you know, I'm in a relationship with a transsexual and I'm a trans. I mean, it's just it's so much. I think it's more simple. I think we're making something that's pretty simple very difficult. <laughs> but... Um, it was a very good, uh, how can I say this, a very good interview. And I think that everybody should listen to it. There were some very good moments in that interview, okay? But, however, I do believe, I don't believe in this me non-binary thing. Don't get offended. I'm sorry. I think you most, I know there are some people who are born with both sexes, but even there, there's one more chromosome that determines sexuality, okay? And I understand that people mentally can feel a certain way and they change over into a woman or whatever. I get that. But to say we're everything, we're walking around with a kitty cat and you don't have no penis, I mean, I I don't know. (laughs) But I'm glad she's sharing this experience. Perhaps I will uh, learn more about it. But she says, uh, she said her grandmother, for example, is very religious. She said, my whole family is church, church, church. And I'm just like, well, what does it mean to go against your whole family on this thing? She said, but I was ready. I was like, you know what? If they don't love me, don't call me asking me for no money. You won't get my LGBTQIA and money. Let me just say this, okay? You know, you want people to accept you for who you are with your sexuality, then you should, I feel like people should accept people's religious beliefs for what they are. You don't have to be mean and cruel, but if if people have a belief in their spirituality, that they don't believe in certain sexual sexuality and sexual things, doesn't mean they don't love you. But she's putting demands on her family, but they can't put demands on her. It's just kind of crazy, but why can't you guys come to some sort of agreement? It's just an interesting thing. The interview was very interesting. Uh, I think uh, you'll learn a lot about Janelle Monet. I actually felt like I learned a lot about it. I really liked it. I liked the interview. She's a very beautiful woman, too, by the way, okay? I mean, beautiful energy. <laughs> Did I say that right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next story here. Um, let's see, what else did I want to talk to you guys about? Okay, we got to talk about this woman who went to court. You know how you hate jury duty, man, jury duty, man. I, I got out of jury duty one time in Kansas City. Man, they called me for jury duty. I was like, nah, nah, nah. I got to make money. I got to make this money. They ain't going to mess up my money. You know, in jury duty, they don't pay you nothing. And so the case that I was, that I was supposed to be on 
for Drew Dudes, like if some guy, I think I forget, he was a molester or something like that, and they let him out of jail early. It was something stupid. Because we had to determine whether he should go back or whatever. It was a very complicated case. And, you know, they were saying, would anybody be biased right now against the state for releasing this man at a certain time? And I was like, ooh, ooh, here's my out. So everybody was in here, you know, in there quiet and stuff. I was like, I raised my hand. I said, I'm biased already. I mean, I mean, you trying to get me to put him back in jail after you done put, took him out. I got a problem with that. That's your problem. This is not my problem. <laughs> this is me. This is me. This is me. It's okay. This is years ago. The, the lawyers was all looking at me from both sides. So I said, yeah, damn right. I got a bias. And you're going to basically have to waste my time when you didn't give him the proper amount of time that you should have gave him when he first when he first got the time. Because you made a mistake don't mean I should feel guilty and turn back around. I think you, I think you got to let him out and, and do what you need to do. I can't go back around and mess up your mistake. They was like, <laughs> they was like yeah. both sides were looking at me like, man, you're dismissed. I knew it was going to happen. Then after that, everybody else started raising their hands. I got to buy it. <laughs> Hurry up, got myself a scuffled out of here, too. Um, but, you know, jury duty can be great, especially if you have a good case. But at the time I was young, I had money to be made. They, was going, they wasn't giving me no money, and I was making more money at my work. I was like, no way. I can't afford to be sitting at no jury duty with a fucking shit. <laughs> but jury duty can be a great thing. I've had some friends who got some great cases or whatever when they've done jury duty. Some of my relatives have too. So, uh, but this is funny. This story right here is a woman. This is a, for us. It's according to bizpackreview.com. It says rejected Parkland juror says her sugar daddy money pays eight thousand dollars a month needs to avoid hardships. <laughs> While many Americans believe that jury duty is a civic obligation, others will go to great lengths in order to get out of it. One method is to take the late George Carlin's advice and tell the counselors, I can't spot a guilty person like that. It's that yes, me. <laughs> Another option is to pull the sugar daddy card. That was precisely what one Florida woman did recently has the penalty phase is set to commit in the Parkland shooting case where Nicholas Cruz was found guilty of premeditated murder of 14 students and three staff at a majority Stoneman Douglas uh, High School in 2008. What lay before the murderer now is sentencing trial in which either the death penalty or life in prison without parole will be handed down for his crime. But a woman known only as Miss Bristol cannot be bothered with any deliberations as a member of the killer's peers, okay? And that's a hard case to judge, too, you know. I think that sometimes when it's stuff like that, that should be less sentencing, like death penalties and stuff should be left to judges, but that's my personal opinion. She told the circuit judge, uh, Elizabeth Shire, she would be unavailable for several dates during the trial, which is expected to last the entire month. She said, I'm married, and I have my sugar daddy, a prospective juror, told the Florida judge this week in her bid to get out of judgment. <laughs> Uh, on Parkland Killer Nicholas Cruz death penalty jury. Okay, so let's take a listen. Hopefully, y'all can hear this about her talking about her her or she needs to get out of jury duty. Let's see. Okay, hold on, hold on. We, 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 we,
I mean, I don't think I gave y'all you where you guys could hear that. Hold on just a second. Let me, let me play it again. Hold on. Hopefully you guys can hear. But she was telling the judge she has her sugar daddy that she has to see every day. She said they asked her. Uh, she said uh, she said she told the court. Uh, she told her she she was she's gonna be busy the month of July. She said she has July seventh, July fourth, and July eighteenth. And again, I need to figure out something. I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. The native New Yorker explained, "Oh, it will be a New Yorker. <laughs> it will be a damn New Yorker." Uh, she said, I'm sorry, you need a sugar daddy in New York. She listen, I would I would definitely live in New York if I had a sugar daddy. <laughs> if I was thinking if I was thinking of these streets, if I was thinking of these streets, I would definitely live in New York if I had a sugar daddy. Jeff Bezos preferably. <laughs> you can't afford New York without Jeff. Bill Bill Gates too. You got to have sugar daddy like Bill Gates, Jeff, up in these streets to afford New York. Shit, New York looks fun. New York, New York will be a great place because you know. But I, because I got, I have a little bit of a little touch of ADD. You know what I'm saying? I, my attention be you know, so. New York will be fun for that, but I, I'd be worried about how I'm gonna eat. <laughs> so I had to be up here with turning tricks with Jeff. <laughs> what in the world is going on? <sighs> my sugar daddy, Miss Bristol replied, I'm married and I have my sugar. She said she's married and she got her sugar. She, she got, this, this, is, this is more right here. She said, and have my sugar daddy. She said of her predicament, I see him every day. Perhaps wishing to avoid any further explanation of what they just heard, both counsel and judge never circled back to Ms. Bristol, and she was summarily dismissed along with 120 prospective jury members. She told WPLG that a month away from her obligations as a beneficiary of the beneficiary of the mystery man could mean the forfeiture of $8,000 a month and a possible loss of her house. Child, $8,000 a month? 
sheep. Why y'all give these sugar daddies for eight thousand dollars a month? My gosh. Let's listen to her. She's I think she's got a taco here, huh? She. Thank you. Now to a one and only exclusive. Earlier this week, a potential juror in the penalty phase of the shooting trial told the judge she couldn't serve because she has a sugar daddy. Well, that clip went viral online. Now she wants to set the record straight. We have local Penn's crime specialist Bridget Matter live in Fort Lauderdale to be exclusive interview. Bridget. This woman said she wanted to talk to us because she wanted to let people know she was being honest that serving on a jury would put her in a financial hardship because she can't see her sugar daddy. No one expected jury selection in the Parkland Shooter's penalty phase trial to go viral, but this clip of a potential juror explaining why she can't serve on the social media. I need to figure out something. I have my sugar daddy that I see every day. I'm sorry? My sugar daddy. That woman, Mrs. Bristol, a native New Yorker, says she wasn't trying to weasel her way out of jury duty. If I do this kid for six months, I have a hardship. That means my sugar daddy can't support me. She told me that six-month time frame would put her in a financial bind. How much exactly per month she claims she'll miss out on? $8,000 a month. The penalty phase for the shooter could last up to six months. Jurors would have to make a recommendation to the judge of a life or death sentence. It's all day for six months. And that was my hardship. I need my sugar daddy money. Bristol says she was honest, saying her hardship was financial, so the judge excused her. I said to the judge, I have a sugar daddy, and I'm married, and I have a husband. The judge heard other more common hardships like having two jobs or a long vacation, but none as unique as this one. I did ask Bristol if the judge asked her to provide any proof of this. She said no, that she was simply excused eventually 12 jurors and eight alternatives. She said, damn that, I got to get my $8,000 a month. <laughs> She's from New York, so she used to the hustle. <laughs> listen, I'm just saying, $8,000 $8, a month? First of all, listen, sis, I don't know if that was just a bad weekday or nothing. She get $8,000 a month. Step up the lace front game. <laughs> it might have been a bad day, though. It might have been just a bad day. They just like, you know, they like, when well, she getting $8,000 a month, it, it, it's true. I mean, eight, who's paying her $8,000 a month? Man, that's all I, I can't, I'm telling you, I mean, she she got, she know the hustle. She, listen, she got to have that $8,000. She said she can't be playing out here in these streets. She, it, it will mess her up. <laughs> she got to see him every day. That's wild, okay? She just said, "Let we don't let this lady go. We we don't do this here. We ain't got. We ain't gonna deal with this." <laughs> <laughs> hey, she told. She said she told her truth, okay? She got she got whole shit to do up in these streets, all right? That's hey, I I I mad at it. She got a husband too. Her husband say she got whole shit to do. <laughs> she got to go out here and get that eight thousand dollars for us. I mean, she all up on TV. I mean, if he and her husband didn't know about her sugar daddy, he know about him now. 
What a mess. What is going on in this world? We are definitely living in the, <laughs> this is the Twilight Zone. Every time I wake up, I say it's the Twilight Zone. I sit in a little bed. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Every morning. <laughs> There's a little bed in my head. Girl. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> there, as soon as you turn on the news, there he is. Welcome to the Twilight Zone. It's, y'all do Twilight Zone shit. It's crazy. Twilight Zone is coming to coming to truth. It's coming coming true. <laughs> I can't remember. We need to make Twilight Zones like this, where we're at a jury duty and a woman gets up and says, my sugar daddy, I can't serve on the jury because I got a sugar daddy and he paid me $8,000 a month and I'm not giving him my $8,000 a month because I lose my car and my house. <laughs> And then the music starts playing and like, <laughs> and the man comes out. You are now just into the twilight. <laughs> Miss Bristol <laughs> coming on hard times. And she has to entertain the thoughts of jury duty. She speaks with the judge to let the judge know there's a reason that she can't serve. Welcome to the twilight. <laughs> She's really real. She's really on TV saying she can't give a paper. It's a wild world, okay? It's a wild world. I, I, now, I, I, the Marvel comic, you know, every day I be like, man, I, I kind of understand him more and more. <laughs> oh, my God, a mess out in these streets. Okay, ASAP Rocky this week. Man, he got arrested as soon as he got off the plane in LAX, coming back from that vacation. Rihanna's pregnant and got to deal with this. Girl, I hope that baby, you and the baby, okay. Oh, Lord, this is, this is sad. I mean, you know, it's hard to go through with you. And now your man that went to jail while you're pregnant. But this is a little inside control before. But let's, let's go ahead, page6.com. This is from page six. It says, Rocky uh, says, uh, they thought Rocky was arrested at LAX Wednesday morning in connection to a shooting that took place in 2021. The Praise the Lord rapper landed at the California airport, allowing his highly publicized trip to Barbados with pregnant girlfriend, Rihanna, and was taken into custody and charged with assault with a deadly weapon. The Los Angeles uh, Police Department announced in a press release the department made the arrest with assistance from Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Homeland Security Investigation Teams. Reps for Rocky didn't immediately return page six requests for comment. Rocky, whose, name, whose real name is Rakeem Myers, has been under investigation by the LAPD for his alleged involvement in the November 6th shooting. Police said an argument between two acquaintances escalated and escalated and resulted in the suspect firing a handgun at the victim. Um, following the shooting, the suspect and the two additional males were interesting uh, on foot, they said. Authorities later identified Rocky 33 as a subject, su- suspect, okay? Um Rocky previously found himself in legal hot water in 2019 when he was arrested and jailed in Sweden. Remember that? And for a month for his involvement with a street fight with a alleged drug addict, a Swedish judge ordered Rocky and two members of his crew to be released until the judge announced the verdicts in an explosive assault case that even expected President Donald Trump's attention. 
<clears throat> Rihanna, girl. You Pisces, girl. The Pisces know how to pick them, don't they? Lord, Rihanna, I'm just wishing the best for you. Uh, uh, I hope. He sound like he might. I hope he ain't no thug out these streets. He ain't no baby. He ain't no like baby. <laughs> Stop the baby. <laughs> Got thug like tendencies, rather. Oh, my Lord. He This is not what that woman needs while she's pregnant, okay? Hope it all works out. Mm-mm-mm. But it sounds like they've been watching his ass, okay? So they might got a case. Hey, we talked about Janelle being everything. What else we got to talk about in the street? Um, Nick Cannon shows up on another maternity suit, another day in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> What's going on to help him? Is that a part of the contract when you get pregnant by Nick? Make sure you do a photo shoot. <laughs> I can't deal with it. I'm not even talking about Nick. I can't deal with Nick today. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we talk about future? Future? Swapping your future? Sierra's X-Men future. Child, Sierra and Lori. Just know God was good to you and gracious to you, even more gracious to you, Lori Harvey, because you got away without a baby. Future claims women were toxic to me. He is the victim. This is according to Vulture.com. If Future's an expert in something besides the slurred Atlanta trap style he perfected over the past day, it's toxicity. Bitches are among the men's favorite topic to rap about. And the real-life evidence bears out, including his seven children with seven different women. Is it seven? Is it seven? Because the last I heard, do y'all get the number right? Because <laughs> I heard it was about 11. <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. What's the number? Is the number wrong? Is he, getting is he not claiming some? I don't know. Allegedly out of these streets. Okay, it said, even he too acknowledged that his trademark in a new cover proclaiming future, the best rapper alive ahead of his new yet untitled album. He need air, he, he need all that money for them albums uh, out April 29th. So let's hear what uh, the man out on what he knows best. People have their own definition of what toxic is. Future told the magazine, these women were all toxic to me. They just don't want to admit it. Future says we got it all wrong. He was never the toxic one. To backtrack, this came up with regards to Future's 2022 single, Worst Day, and celebrating Valentine's Day with too many women in their life. Totally non-toxic, right? History behind putting the song was simple. Get past it. Talk about it. Don't have to talk about it no more. But the video kept people talking about it, thanks to a cameo by YouTuber Kevin Samuels, who who has his own toxic views on what modern women get wrong. Future, for his part, claimed he didn't know about Sammy's reputation beforehand, and the cameo came from the director. But back to the toxic stuff, because the man has even more to say. Future said he's been living and growing, and his new album is going to reflect that. It's about sometimes having an open heart, handling everybody with open arms, but that can have its consequences, he continued. Some people out there trying to make you seem like suspects. He said, really, you are the victim. Take it from a man who's about to publicly dish seven women. Happy Mother's Day and she Let me stop it. Okay. Oh, Lord, I read that whole thing. Jesus. Teacher says, he the 
common denominator in all of these relationships, but he's a, he's the women is toxic to him. And I'm sure to some certain extent there may be toxicity on both sides, but the consistent mother, and when I say this, I say this literally for future, the consistent motherfucker in all of this has been future. <laughs> I mean, that's really what he is. <laughs> oh, the future. future. Future is out here telling people he's not the toxic one, but he's in every toxic relationship. He's such a delusional Scorpio. He's so fucked up in He's the kind of Scorpio. He's the kind of thing. He don't want to give up. Sierra, Sierra, I know how, I know what happened. Sierra, I, I've been, I too have been a Scorpio involved with other Scorpios. And listen, give me some toxic shit. <laughs> and the Scorpio males are different from the Scorpio women, because some of them be on shit like future, <laughs> where they can't see their own toxicity. They like, I'm not toxic. You toxic one. You and I are these other bitches. This is Scorpio male shit. Unless you're a healthy Scorpio. Futures <laughs> are nutcase. Oh my God. Oh, if I see anybody, I would run. Run, ladies. That's all I can tell you. Run. Because if you run as fast as you possibly can. And whatever you do, if you do, if you fall for the Scorpio male charm, make sure he doubles up with condoms because you do not want to be trapped with this man's seed. Save yourself. The sex will move on. Don't have no baby with this. Save yourself, lady, please. Please, that's the funniest thing of the day. Future says he is the victim. <laughs> oh, God. Why, why, why? Who else do we have to talk about? Oh, my goodness. Can I talk about Bad Barbie first, this white girl that y'all giving so much money? She was on Dr. Phil. I remember when she was on Dr. Phil. She was so disrespectful. Of, I thought this is the same one to her mother. I mean, her mother was really scared. And now she's got so much money. She bought a home for $6.1 million. Oh, Lord. $6.1 million. And they said she paid for it in cash. Yada made, this is again the time zone. Yada made made somebody who's toxic as fuck. Cash just gave her a bunch of money. Cash me outside, girl. According to DailyMail.com. Code.uk, bad girl Bobby, 19 by 7 bedroom Florida mansion for 6.1 million and pays cash. 
I want to tell you kids to do the right thing in life, but when I see shit like this, I can't. I don't know what to say. Daniel Bergoli, 19, a.k.a. Bad, Bad Bob, Bobby, a.k.a. Cash Me Outside Girl, paid 6.5 Boca retirement for a Boca retirement in March. Recently, she said he paid for the home and cash. Oh, Lord, how nice Bogali lost to fame at the age 13 after 2016 appearance on Dr. Phil's show titled, I Want to Give Up My Car, Stealing Mike Wilding, twerking 13-year-old daughter who tried to frame me for a crime. On the episode, Bogali challenged laughing audience members to catch me outside, how about that? Which was misheard as catch me outside, how about that? Due to her heavily affected accent. The phrase in the clip became a meme sensation and launched Bogoli into internet stardom. She was signed to Atlantic Records by Adam Kruger in 2017, starting a reality show, bringing up Bobby in 2019, and in April 2021, started an OnlyFans account, six, which earned her a million dollars in its first hour alone. She said, I never wanted to be famous, she told Variety in 2021. I was handed it, and instead of being an embarrassment and a joke for the rest of my life, I became something successful. Oh, gosh, what are we doing? The world is a different Lord help us. Oh, my God. Y'all gave this chick so much money. She went and bought a... Listen, I... You know, that means... Whew. It is what it is, a child out here. This is what y'all celebrating. Okay. That's going to be the last story tonight. I was going to talk about the weekend being extra petty, putting his girlfriend's voicemail, ex-girlfriend's allegedly voicemail out there. But no. <sighs> what is the last story? We talked about future sins. Women were uh, uh Okay. Now, y'all heard about the two women getting pregnant in prison by the transsexuals. This is a crazy story, okay? That's crazy. But we won't end with that tonight. We'll end on, I don't even want to end on Chris Jenner and them. I don't know. We'll should we end on the, oh, Mike Tyson. This is a great story to hear, though, okay? Mike Tyson this week was on, uh, I think, Joe Reagan, Joe Rogan last week or something, and he said an interesting theory about some of, some wealthy in the in the country, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, it says, Mike Tyson really believes homeless people are hunted by the rich, lays out theory to Joe Reagan. This is according to Joe Rogan on, this is according to sportbible.com. It says Mike Tyson discussed the theory uh, uh, of wealthy hunting the homeless for a spot on a recent episode of Joe Rogan. Uh, it says the boxing legend sat down with the UFC commentator Rogan for over three hours on Friday to discuss a number of topics, one of which is Kyle's debate online. Iron Mike speculated that a number of the world's elite have previously kidnapped vagrants to chase them on private land for fun. Of course, the pair were smoking a huge amount of weed during this conversation. Tyson said, whatever you think 
uh, a human did to another human being, it happened. Whatever it is, it happened, okay? Now, this is Mike Tyson and Joe Reagan floating the conspiracy theory that claim the homeless people are being kidnapped. So let's take a listen to him, uh, what he said. Whatever you think, whatever you think a human did to another human being, it happened. Yeah. Every day, I was fucked with eight or whatever it is, it happened. Somewhere in history, definitely happened. Yeah. It probably happened somewhere. Before. Yeah. And sometimes in these special camps and stuff, it happens. If you own these thousands of acres and, and nothing grows on them, it's just right. Weird yeah. ranches where people meet. Now, that does not sound out of the realm of possibility for me. Remember years ago, there was a movie, I think, with Ice-T in it, where that, I think years ago, like back in the 90s, where they was chasing around these people on this farmland and they were hunting them. I totally, I totally believe conspiracy theories like this. Yes, 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 yes. Just like I believe conspiracy theories about occultists. That some of the missing children allegedly and stuff like that have been in putting the cult groups and stuff like that. I believe stuff like, oh no, it, it's not beyond the realm of reality of somebody chasing somebody, some motherfucker around on a farm hunting them. Y'all would have thought if we, if I would have told y'all ten years ago, there's they got damn pedophile islands where the rich and wealthy go and get to mess with kids, I would have said, what? No, they can't have nothing like that. You wouldn't believe nothing like that. I lied Jeffrey Epstein. He would say, shit. So I wouldn't doubt nothing, and nothing like this happened. I wouldn't be, I could, I wouldn't be shocked at all. <laughs> Remember that movie, though, what, Ice-T in it? I think he was one of the people they was chasing or something. See, I, yeah, I could totally see some crazy shit going on like that. Totally. 
crazy, nutty. We live in a nutty world. I can get the Twilight music. Twilight Zone. <laughs> this is a Twilight Zone shit. <laughs> it is what it is, y'all. Crazy. Okay. Is that my last story for tonight? I think it is. I'm not going to talk about Trey songs in the video from 2013. The girl found the video. She guessed he was groping her, and she looked. She laughed and everything. She looked a little uncomfortable. It still wasn't right, but she had video of it. But it's from 2013. I'm like, help her. What took you uh, nine years to report that shit? <sighs> Trey Sons is getting the business right now, Chad. The business, okay? You hear me? The business. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to be Trey right now. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, you guys, thank you for hanging out with me like you do every week. I am so excited again. I'm getting ready to go see Maxwell in Oakland, the night tour. I'm obviously excited. You like, Carlotta, they like, Carlotta, do you, get t- do you ever get tired of seeing Maxwell? Nope. <laughs> I'm always excited when I get to see Maxwell, when he flashes those that smile and you're like, okay, I don't feel so bad about buying this ticket. <laughs> I don't feel so bad about you canceling on me. Flash the smile again. No, that's not bad. Yeah, I do. Wait a minute. I, I do kind of feel it. But the smile helps. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I will tell you guys about the show. I mean, God bless when I get back. But remember, I will not be having a show next this weekend coming up. So this is y'all's show for the week, okay? So y'all have a good one. Have a wonderful week this week. Uh, Wish me safe travels, okay? And uh, remember, you can hit me up on the Carlotta Catwood Facebook page. You can also hit me up on Carly's underscore Galaxy on Instagram and on Twitter. There's two accounts. There's C Chatwood Show and Carlotta72. Okay, guys? So I hope y'all have a good, good, good week, and I will see y'all. I am leaving out with tonight, uh, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to leave out with Sway by Julian Vaughn. <clears throat> I'm Carlotta, and y'all have a good one. I'm out. See y'all. Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.